Luke Altmaier gets his game to shine. We'll see if he can take advantage of it. This weekend versus Central Arkansas, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast, Wednesday edition. Thank you. I'm Stephen Willis, your host. I'll take you on this magical mystery tour that we call Ole Miss Fandom. I hope everybody's having a good day, and I want to let you know that thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. And, of course about the video itself. I'd appreciate that very much. Anyway, I'd like to thank the LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Luke Altmaier gets his shot. He is going to get out there and do it. Now, what does he need to do to take this job over and have an iron grip on it. We've given our predictions of what we think is going to happen. We tell you not to root for a particular quarterback and root for the quarterback on um, the logo on the helmet. And we also mention whoever's in the game, just root with your whole heart for him. Whether it's Jackson Dart or Luke Altmaier, it doesn't matter. We've told you several times, whoever wins this job is going to help Ole Miss. All right, so... We look at it objectively. Jackson Dart did not have a horrible game Saturday. He did not put up Matt Corral numbers, but that's not to be expected. He did not have a horrible game. He had two bad passes out of 27 throws. He missed on a third down, and he threw the interception where he stared the guy down. Two out of 25, that's not bad. Now, we see if if Luke Altmaier can have a similar effect against UCLA. UCA, not UCLA. If it was UCLA, it would be an apples-to-apples comparison, but it's UCA, Central Arkansas. Now, we think that this game is not really an um, apples-to-apples comparison with Troy. Troy has a pretty good defense. They're not gangbusters. They're not Georgia. They're not Alabama, but they're pretty good. They are a good G5 defense. They are a bad G5 offense, but they are a good G5 defense. Now, UCA is an FCS opponent with limited scholarships and all of that that Luke Altmaier is going to come in. So the bar needs to be raised a little bit from from the eye test. It, It needs to be, you need to expect 250 yards Saturday from Luke Altmaier. Um, If Jackson Dart was um, playing quarterback, I would say the exact same thing. You would expect against Troy similar numbers, honestly, to what Jackson Dart put up. That If this competition is as close as they say over and over again, that should be the expectation. So the offense should look better. It should operate better than it did. That's just a result of who we are playing. Comparing Troy to UCA is an apples to oranges comparison. But... Whenever you break it down, if you are a head coach, 
there's certain things that you're wanting to see, right? There's certain ways that a play needs to be run, whether or not the reads are going, the progression's going in the right order, whether or not you're hitting people that you should hit, stuff that you can see on film. That is what is going to be the, the difference maker between the two. It's not the Central Arkansas versus Troy thing. It was about each play doing what you're supposed to do. Like I said, there was really two egregious errors by Jackson Dart on Saturday versus Troy. That's per Lane Kiffin. Now, will Luke Altmeyer cut that out? Will he play a, let's just say a great game, but it's against UCA, and he cuts that down and has one one play that he wasn't supposed to go where he's where he was supposed to. Maybe he throws an interception or something like that. If he can cut it down, I think one egregious error is apples to apples. Central Arkansas to Troy. Everybody gets a mess up a game. That that's not happening. Matt Corral messed up every game last season, and he would tell you the same thing. So I I think it's important that we grade these quarterbacks when we're looking at them fairly. Luke Altmaier deserves a shot to be looked at fairly. Jackson Dart deserved a shot against Troy, and he needs to get it looked at fairly. There's people that's going on all the times like, see, I told you so about Jackson Dart. He threw one pick against the G5 team. Interceptions happen at all levels of football. Just because you want something to happen, you see a result the way you want to frame it. I mean, that's just the world we live in now. But Jackson Dart played all right Friday. People that were expecting Matt Corral in 2021, yeah, that was a little, little bit, a little bit off. That's um, poor expectations. Now, if these quarterbacks are as close as we have been led to believe from the press conferences. You will see Luke Altmaier come out with a similar performance that Jackson Dart did against Troy. As far as operationally, I'm expecting no sacks. I'm expecting um, them to check it down because, honestly, when Jackson Dart checked it down because of that running game, the offense really got going. Ole Miss put up basically 21 straight points um, before halftime and looked fairly good doing it. The first drive of the second half, they did the same thing. It was after they started to try and force the pass, which is necessary, by the way. I'm not going to complain totally about play calling because it is necessary. Because what we do in 2023 depends on how we maximize the quarterback position now. And I think maybe that that's the line of thinking that people are missing right now with this quarterback competition. Because it doesn't matter if Luke Altmaier or Jackson Dart plays quarterback. Ole Miss is probably winning their first four games. And then Kentucky rolls into town, and that's when you have to be right. So Lane Kiffin is using these first games as almost, this is no disrespect for any opponent, like pseudo preseason games if he can. Now, winning the game is paramount and is most important. But he is using the second half against Troy to work on the passing game, force it because he knows he's going to need it later in the season. You need those reps. And that's what I say about this quarterback competition at all. I do not agree with the way that Lane Kiffin is handling this. 
in my opinion, whoever wins the job, I do not have a favorite for the job, but whoever wins the job, I'm just rooting for brevity at this point because every rep is going to matter. So after UCA, I hope this thing solidifies and it's obvious because that will help us out tremendously because there's other issues that really can't get resolved until this quarterback competition is over. I'm not a fan of taking it into the season. I was, wasn't a fan when Jim Harbaugh did it up at Michigan this year. I'm not going to be a fan here. I'm not going to pick and choose. Everybody make fun of Jim Harbaugh for doing it, but it's okay that we're doing it. That's not, that's, I believe that a quarterback needs to be in place because there's other issues that need to be fixed. And the longer this goes on, the harder that will be. See, I believe the quarterback competition, even though it was the top storyline in the offseason, is probably the third or fourth storyline as far as importance for this team. I mean, that's the honest to goodness truth. I mean, if you look at it, it's probably third or fourth. The most important storyline on this team is running the backfield. The second storyline is the defense. The third is the new coaches that came in and all the new players that came in at one time. And then there was a quarterback competition. Now, I'm not saying people don't care about the quarterback competition because they, of course they do. Quarterback is the most important position of all of sports. But I'm saying that there's other things as far as the team goes, as far as Ole Miss goes, that was probably more important to put together. Because if you can get that cohesion of the other guys, you can kind of bring the quarterbacks up as you need to. That's just my opinion, but that's that's something that I've always believed in. So, anyway, as you gear up for fall, you need all the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. So this is what you need to do. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. It's like 10% of the world's population, people. Then add your job in a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring so that the network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know, nearly 40 million job seekers visit weekend every week. LinkedIn every week. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. So leave us a five-star review there. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the show that are might be looking for Ole Miss content that they want to consume for free. Um, doesn't matter if you do not like it, and it might not be your cup of tea, but it might be somebody else's. So if you could do that, we would appreciate it very much. All right, 
Next up is the wide receivers. Because of last week and the struggles in the passing game, as far as throwing the ball downfield, there are some questions that open from the wide receiver group. Now, Jonathan Mingo had a rushing TD that really should have been a passing TD because it was a passing play. It was just a swing pass. Um, and Malik Heath scored a touchdown and Jackson Dart's first collegiate touchdown. J.J. Henry had an opportunity to get it, but was unable to do that on a deep pass. You know, he, he was really visually, visibly upset by that. So Jackson Dart was a whisker, like a whisker away from three touchdowns in that game. So that's the reason I say don't judge necessarily a book by its cover on this one because it's going to be a little bit different. And Troy has a decent defense. They have a linebacker that's going up to be the all-time tackling leader in NCAA football, and they have an All-American um, defender on that unit as well. It's a pretty decent team. And they do some weird stuff um, because they have an ex-Army Army coordinator and um, mixing that with Mark Stoops. There's some stuff that, that was done defensively that is a little bit weird. So what are we expecting? What do we want to see from the wide receivers in this game? And I think the real thing we want to see is just deep balls. We want to see them take the top off the defense. We want to keep the safety from being able to compress down because if we do not hit these deep balls and we cannot hit these deep balls, you're going to see safeties press down and it's going to make it harder for Zach Evans, Quinchon Judkins, and players like that. The RPO game is going to get much harder. It is important that we can take the top off of the defense from time to time just because that makes the safety's job a little bit more difficult. So I want to see Jonathan Mingo, Malik Heath, J.J. Henry, um, those guys take the top off the defense, whether through the middle or on the outside, and we need to hit one of the two, one or two of those in the game. I think we have a chance to do it. I think the athlete, the athlete thing, the athlete advantage is going to be a little bit more in this game. We're going to talk to Joe DeLeon uh, on Friday's show, and he's going to talk about UCA. We've, we've had him on before talking about UCA, but we're going to try and do a late game week. We normally do that on Monday, but he couldn't, we couldn't get together exactly in time, so he's doing it later in the week. But because of this athlete advantage, it's something you just want to see. You want to see shots taken and hit. It's important because the athlete advantage is there, and it's important for quarterbacks to give the wide receivers a chance. See, that's the frustrating thing about the deep balls, the overthrows. Matt Corral had one of the best deep balls I have ever seen in Ole Miss football. I've been watching since Steve Sloan was the coach. Absolutely amazing deep ball. And what he did is he made it catchable. He gave the wide receiver a chance, and eight times out of ten, they did. Sometimes the defender got there and was able to break it up, but... He gave him a chance. So it's better to underthrow it a little bit than to under overthrow it to where no, nothing can happen but an incompletion. So I want to see a couple of deep balls hit in this game. I want to see the slot receivers become the the slot receivers and the tight end become the RPO targets that we're used to. The way we've seen things done the last couple of years, we want to see that RPO work. Now part of that is the quarterbacks aren't trusting what they're seeing. And Matt Corral was just like 
oh yeah, that's happening. Okay, I need to let it go. You know, you just it was almost muscle memory. Well, both of these quarterbacks aren't there yet. And that's the reason we tell you that these quarterbacks, if they're going to become a Matt Corral, would be a Matt Corral in 2018 or 2019. That's what experience would tell you. Matt Corral in 2019 got benched. Was not the same guy that was here last year. That's not an insult against Matt Corral. He would tell you the same thing. The same privilege needs to be afforded to Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. That's all I'm saying. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to have hiccups. You're going to have that with a young quarterback. And these guys are going to do, I think, a, a decent job. But hopefully after this game, they are able to separate to the point where this competition ends. Because like I said, there's other things that need to happen. This, this competition needs to end for it to happen. So we'll see what it looks like. But Luke Altmaier, same thing. I want to see him take um, measured chances, push the ball downfield, trust his eyes, understand the read and trust his eyes. His drop-down game manager work is fine, and if Ole Miss just did that, they would beat Central Arkansas by 28 points. But push the ball downfield, make some plays, show me that you have taken a step since spring. Because for all intents and purposes, this is the real first chance we've seen Luke Altmaier since the spring game. And that was the first time we've seen him since the Sugar Bowl. And that's really the sample size for Luke Altmaier. So you don't know. Luke, Luke Altmaier could come out there Saturday and completely operationally take everybody's breath away. Could. And it could be an issue also that it looks a lot like last Saturday. There could be some operational things. It could not look perfect. We, I'm curious to see what it will look like. I am curious to see exactly how this competition is going to move forward. Is it going to be resolved after this week, or is it going to be another stalemate? Are they going to play this game through Georgia Tech and Tulsa and just hold it out for Kentucky? Is this quarterback competition all for Mark Stoops' benefit? Because I do think some gamesmanship is happening. No, I don't think they did it against Troy. I'm not thinking they're doing it against UCA. But I think what they're doing, like a little inside baseball here. The other team has already done cut-ups of all of our games from last season. But once the season starts, we did the the last three games or the first three games or something, and the GAs are sitting here breaking down film of Ole Miss games. The Kentucky GAs, by the way. So, as worthless as you can make that film actually benefits you. And that is the gamesmanship that might be happening. Just random casual fans that are watching might not think of stuff like that, and they think that, oh, they must be doing this to prevent it from Troy. And John Summerall did not deserve to know who the starting quarterback is before the game. I've said that 50 times in the last month. 
neither will the coach of UCA, neither will coach of Georgia Tech. They, they don't deserve to have that information. So there might be some gamesmanship with Kentucky because that's the game where Ole Miss needs to be right. We have three more opportunities to get there. And you need to work and do the things that you need to do to get there. Very important for the Rebels to cohesively gel. And if they're able to do that, they have a chance moving forward um, against UCA, G Georgia Tech, Tulsa. They're probably going to get past those either way. But once Kentucky hits and big boy football starts, that's an important thing. So that is my thing. Luke's about to get a shot. This is unfortunate now. This, this is unfortunate. But it turns into a one-shot deal. Jackson Dart went through the same thing last week. It could be a one-shot deal. But we'll see exactly how it looks. We'll see um, how they play on Saturday. And... I don't know. Should be a lot of fun. I do like quarterback competitions. I do wish it was over, though, at this point. That's just my opinion. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we are going to talk commitments. Ole Miss got a football commitment yesterday. We'll tell you who, tell you why, and tell you why you should kind of be excited. Um, stick around. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Only subscribers can participate in chat for our post-game show or for our postcast. So just remember that. So go over there and subscribe to that if you would. Ole Miss got a commitment yesterday from Skylar Mann, a linebacker tight end hybrid out of um, Peach County in Fort Valley, Georgia. Decent player. Had decent film. He's an aggressive guy. He fits the type. And if you watched Tyler Banks last year, you see maybe a similarity of a lower-ranked guy that fit a certain physical size speed thing and has a mindset that is going to be good for this defense. Because he has um, Georgia Tech, Florida State offers, and Ole Miss. He committed to Ole Miss. Um he does not have a photo on his profile. I think that throws people off as well. But he's 6'2", 205. And I think he projects as a linebacker. I do not know that one for sure because both of them, he's kind of equally good at both. But he's a physical, physical kid. And he goes around just being a football player. And Ole Miss's defense, and this is another reason I think he's going to be a linebacker, Ole Miss's defense has a type. As a size speed ratio, a attitude, a, uh, an attitude. Uh, you go through the way they play, the Tysheem Johnsons, the Davis Nignosons. Whenever they scout this defense, they're looking for one thing in particular. Now, I do not know what that one thing is, but there is obviously one thing that gets these guys' attention more than others because there's way too much similarity that happens on the football field in recruiting classes for there not to be. So Skylar Mann, a linebacker, I think he could grow and be a heck of a linebacker someday. Again, athletic, physical, aggressive, 
Um, whenever, even sometimes when he's playing tight end and he blocks, you can see him just knocking people over. He, he enjoys to do it. He's a physical guy. And because of that, I think he has a chance to really fit in well with his team. And I think he's probably going to take a red shirt. Um, I think he is going to probably be a developmental guy. But I think he has the size-speed ratio that they're looking for. So don't, don't worry about the lack of offers or the fact that um, he doesn't have any stars or anything like that. I'm not going to say trust the coaches. I'm going to say trust the evaluations because that's what's important anyway. People that go off of stars and recruiting rankings – and they get it wrong, if the system doesn't fit, if there's several things wrong with them going, and they go down, you have four, four and five stars that become mediocre. So don't necessarily pay attention to stars. And others, some people will say, well, I pay attention to offers. Well, that's great. But how many teams run what you run? Now, Ole Miss's defense, this is a real thing. So pay attention to me real quick. Ole Miss's defense looks like it has two hybrid positions. One on the outside and one on the defensive defensive line. So you got a defensive lineman slash outside linebacker and you got a safety slash outside linebacker. This is manifesting right now with Kari Coleman and Otis Reese. Kari Coleman will play with his hand down in a four-man front. He will play as a wheel linebacker because he's athletic enough to do it. He'll play as an inside backer. Otis Reese, when all that happens, if he puts his hand down, Otis Reese slides over and becomes the second linebacker. When it's a 3-3-5, he kind of becomes a linebacker as well. Because remember, Otis Reese is like 220 pounds at this point. Good players. Real good players. But like what I was saying earlier is there is a type. There is a type. Normally, today, by the way, we have our alumni hall segment. And I do appreciate everybody for watching. I kind of went all in on one player instead of casting a wide net like I have been. I kind of went all in on one player, and it didn't quite work out. But once he comes on, and I think he's going to, you guys will be impressed. You'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was worth it. Um, so I'm trying, I'm efforting that really, really quickly. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. Um, obviously, no hat today. I wanted to give that a try out. Let's see how that looked. Um, and hope everybody has a good time. And if my head's too bumpy because of all my brain surgeries, let me know in the comments below, seriously. Um, that's, that's probably the one thing I'm self-conscious about is the bumpy head. But I can just put a hat over it and it just doesn't matter. But anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders are all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, thanks everybody, and I hope everybody has a good day. And tomorrow we will have Kara. Friday we'll have Tom. We'll get back into our normal routine. So take care.